This podcast may contain content that is not suitable for listeners under the age of 18. If you are 17 or younger and wish to educate yourself about sex and relationships, you should visit scarletine.com. That's scarletine with one T. Hey, I'm Alicia, your non-monogamous relationship coach. Welcome to the podcast where my friends and I chat about our relationships, enthusiastic non-monogamy, polyamory, swinging, kink, and our lives. You'll get a candid peek into what makes it worth it to live life outside the box. And in case you're still wondering, nope, we're not monogamous. How can you recognize what you're feeling, what your emotions are, and what even to do with those? I'm chatting with Isha Vela today, a trauma psychologist and a somatic practitioner and shadow doula who supports individuals and couples um, in like deepening their intimacy, their connection, their relationship satisfaction, and they use body wisdom and somatic expressive techniques. And so we chat a lot about that, but also about Isha's own journey in how they came to understand and embrace non-monogamy as a part of their own identity. It's fascinating and really fun. And I, I just, I love this story so much. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I also want to give a quick shout out to Shane G for becoming a friend with benefits to Nope, We're Not Monogamous on Patreon where Shane is going to get access to like ad-free episodes and early released episodes and our behind the scenes content, just the tip. If you want to know more about that, visit patreon.com slash not monogamous. And if you enjoy the episode, please leave us a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and just uh, have a great day. Thanks. There we go. And we're going. Cool. <laughs> so, um, Isha, like I was saying, I, <laughs> I, you know, the podcast is Nope, We're Not Monogamous. And so I always like to start by asking guests what non-monogamy looks like for them or um, what kind of relationship styles you use or engage yeah in? <laughs> that's a great question yeah because yeah. it's so different right it's so varied um well i i consider myself a a solo polyamorous person i don't live with anyone share my finances don't plan to and i'm also a relationship anarchist so you know i'm i have all types of relationships that are very very meaningful to me some sexual some not um, some of those are friendships with benefits and, you know, some of them have been more long-term deep partners and even, even my, my deep relationships, my non-sexual or platonic relationships are, have equal weight in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't say like, oh, well, I'm not in a relationship because I'm not having sex with anyone, but like, yes, I'm very nourished by the relationships in my life. And so those have meaning as well and weight. Mm, I love that so much. Yeah. I um every time I talk to someone who identifies as solo poly, I always find it fascinating because like most of my life that's not something I could have even like conceived of, like like actually understood. 
And the yeah. older I get, the more I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see. <laughs> you know, and I and I spent I spent almost 20 years of my life married in a monogamous relationship without there being any any inkling or any any talk of opening the relationship. So I know what that's like. And I've attempted that. And I know that that model is just very much not for me, even though I, I tried very hard to fit inside of that box. It's just not for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. Same. It was like 13 years. Like I just got to get it right. I got to be a good wife and do the thing. Right. I got to work hard at this. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Um, So what, like what, why did you, how did you find non-monogamy as like a structure? Well, it's so interesting, Alicia, because I, you know, when I, you know, I, I, prior to being an entrepreneur, I worked as a psychologist and somatic practitioner in a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. office in downtown, you know, where I live. And I was supporting a lot of people in their non-monogamous polyamorous relationships. So I was already sort of doing that work before it was even something that I attempted. And so what I was helping people with is basically communicating from, you know, from a level of intimacy and vulnerability and connection in order to have like repair processes and work on attachment wounds and right doing all of that healing um, work that happens that can potentially happen inside of relationships. And especially like that gets dinged and triggered in multiple relationships and I loved it. I loved it so much and that I, I was reading up on it. Um, I was just interested in general. And I knew, I think I had people in my life at the time who were friends who were non-monogamous. Um, and then when I began the process of, well, actually, when I was in my somatic training also, I had a lot of really profound experiences healing experiences around intimacy, right? That was all around intimacy work Mm -hmm. where I was, I was feeling like my heart open to them. I was feeling myself like access deeper levels of love Mm -hmm. that I had never experienced before. And these were not romantic partners. These were like just people, colleagues in my program. And I think that was, that was part of what opened the door to like just had the gave me the experience of relationship anarchy of like yeah you don't have to be sexual with someone to have this profound healing relationship and just like yeah that just op- those two those two things the counseling polyamorous couples and having my experiences of healing within relationships that were non-sexual was very profound for me and so when i when I initiated the separation in my, in my marriage, I wasn't interested in entering a new relationship immediately, but I knew that I was very open and that I was like, yeah, we're going to try this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, um, can I ask you, um, because I imagine a lot of people listening don't actually know what somatic work is. Yeah, Sure. Can you can you give us like a like a a quick a quick and dirty? <laughs> sure, I'm gonna try. Um, you know, we. I'll just start by saying that we are 
we are not attuned to our bodies. Generally mm-hmm. speaking, as a culture, we are not attuned, are not connected in our bodies. Um, we often respond or react without really knowing what is getting activated inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what I help people do is track what is happening, sensations, experiences, what parts are getting hurt right now, what are your what are the thoughts what 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 attributions are you making what assumptions are you making right now can you track your nervous system right now or do you feel like you're in fight or flight do you feel safe or social like what's going on so i'm just helping people get access at a deeper level and mm-hmm. then you know to, to be able to express hey i'm noticing like a really profound fear in my lower belly mm-hmm. that is affecting how I'm coming into this conversation right now. And so, so to be able to communicate with their body sensations, like what is happening right now? How am I coming into this conversation? And then also I work, I do sort of a somatic style of internal family systems for mm-hmm. people to be able to meet the places that are activated, to respond to the needs that are arising right? So that they can, yeah, they can respond to the need because, you know, our needs just need to be acknowledged and responded to. And oftentimes like that part of us goes like, oh, okay, you saw me. Okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay now. I'm better. Yeah. We often think like, I have to get my needs met, but oftentimes it really is just about acknowledging like, wow, I really need connection right now. Mm -hmm. And can I, can I reach out to somebody and ask for that? Yeah. Yeah, I love that so much. I think because um, I, I the the way I work is very similar, and and so often what I see people do is um, s- scramble for the logical. I need a logical answer of why this is happening, why I'm feeling this way, and as soon as I know what the logical answer is or who's at fault, yes, then, then it can be okay. Yeah, that, no. but it's never okay with just that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and we don't need to. We don't need to know why. Yeah, we just need to be with what is, with what's here right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, so, um, so, so you separated and went. There's something open here. What, what would you say was the, what was the biggest challenge in that? Like, 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 what was what came up the most? Mm. So. <laughs> A lot. So first, um, first I took a year and a half off Mm. from dating anybody because I really wanted to like fall in love and date myself. Um, And that was really sort of part of the path to solo polyamory. I knew that there were things that I had done, enacted in my marriage that I didn't want to repeat in my Mm -hmm. next relationships. And so that was, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go inward here. And so that was really important to do. And then when I was ready, when I was finally ready, I was just like, it's on. Like I went into it with such enthusiasm and um, almost like a, like a field research kind of energy. And what I noticed is that I was getting dinged all over the place. Like here I am doing this work and my system is like, is, is, is like inherently or conditioned in a codependent way. And my codependency is like, you know, like flailing all over the place. And 
And I was having to sort of gather those parts of myself and be like, no, 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 you're okay. It's okay if they're not texting back right now. Uh You know, like really talking myself out of all of this anxious, ambivalent attachment. Yes. Really, like that was, you know, I worked hard for a summer, like for a whole summer, I worked Mm -hmm. really hard. And I know that sometimes it takes people longer to do this. And and I feel really lucky that because I was sort of trained in what I was trained in, that I was able to sort of like do a lot of repair work in one summer. Mm-hmm. So that was very surprising to me. It was just because of the people that I've dated have been relationship anarchists. And so I I knew that's what I wanted to explore, but I wasn't prepared. I didn't realize how activating it would be for my body, for mm-hmm. my relational body. Yeah. 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 I would say it took me like four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. Very anxious. And like, oh, no, I I don't want to be monogamous, but like, also this is really fucking hard. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I still feel the part of me that wants like, like one person or what, you know, like I still, and I, and I was like, yeah, that's not, that's not what you want. That's not what you value. But I still feel that conditioning come up once in a yeah. while of just like, I want just the security and I just want it to be like, just, mm. just stare <laughs> at me all the time. Will you <laughs> just want your focus? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, just stare at me. We'll be fine. It'll be great. I mean, I'll get real sick of it, but it's what I want right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> love that. <laughs> um, uh, so, so one of the questions I always ask people is um, if there was a, if you had like a, like a coming out story, if you had to share this new way of being in relationships with people in your life and how that landed. Can you answer the question again? Because it, it cut out just a little bit. Oh yeah. Just if, yeah. if there, if there's a coming out story, did you have to, did you find yourself at a place where you had to um, share how you were moving forward in relationships with people in your life and, and how did it land? We'll be right back. Hey, it's Alicia here. You know, the voice you've been tuning into episode after episode. Today, I'm popping in with an invitation that's really close to my heart. Behind the scenes, I've been crafting something special just for you, my dedicated listeners. If there's a voice inside you that's seeking guidance on navigating the realms of relationships and non-monogamy, um, wanting to like boost your confidence and find that unwavering sense of security, or you're struggling to manage the tricky waters of jealousy... I'm here to offer my support. I've cleared my schedule to open up 50 slots this month for free one-on-one clarity chats directly with me. So this is your opportunity to dive deep into those pressing questions and come out on the other side with newfound clarity and direction. The availability on this is super limited and these spots are going to fill up really fast. So don't miss your chance to connect with me. Head over to my website, aliciapayne.com right now. Go secure your spot because together we can uncover a path to a more joyful, fulfilling, and easy non-monogamous journey. Talk to you soon. Yeah, like for me, it was more with my kids. 
yeah. because I wanted to be considerate, obviously, of their of people entering and leaving my life because, you know, sometimes relationships last three months <laughs> or six months or a year, you know, and and so I was careful with the uh, with bringing people into their lives, and I did introduce them to a few of a few people that were that looked to be like more longstanding friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like you know, at some point, I was like, you know, two years post divorce, I'm like, do you know that you date? And they're looking at me like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And then I and then I. You know, then I shared with them like, okay, this is this is sort of the model that I remember. I talked about this person. Well, this person is attached to three people, and so I know those three people too, and they're my friends also. And then I drew this picture, and it was like it ended up being this giant map of people. And then, and then I'm like, we're all friends, and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you just told us who all your friends are. Cool. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. They they were just nonplussed. Right. They were just like you know, not, not moved at all. Um, with my, you know, with my mom, I wanted to share with her, you know, Mm -hmm. some of my experiences and my mom was just very afraid for me because she was just thinking about like, you know, me meeting strangers in an alley, like her image was just like, there was one time she called me in the middle of the night and I was like, what is happening? You don't call me in the middle of the night. What's going on? She's like, I just, I had a nightmare that you were. And I was just like, okay, stop. <laughs> this is, this is not my trauma. <laughs> Mama's heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I don't share with her as much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I want to keep her nervous system, like, you know, in check. Yeah. So I, I share with my friends. I share with my, you know, other people who are very open and, you know, people, People kind of took to it like, yeah, that just seems very normal for you. Like we expect that. Or, you know, when I came out as gender fluid, they were just like, yeah, we've always known you're fluid. And I was like, why didn't anybody tell me? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. (laughs) People always know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Can I ask about how old were your kids? My kids are now 11 and nine and a half. And I saw, I, I came out to them like maybe six months ago only. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not too long ago. Oh, I love that. Mine are, you know, like 11, 15, no, 12, 15. Um, Nice. We've been, I mean, I've been non-monogamous since they were like three and five. Okay. Or so. Um, And so people always ask, right? Like, well, what about the kids? I'm like, yeah. What about them? They're yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel weird for them. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. We just have a lot of friends and people that, that care in the house. Yeah. And I always imagined like the, the model that I always sort of, that I still hold as a vision is just having some sort of like land or commune that, that, you know, with little pods, homes yeah. where people live and they get to experience a sense of community yeah. in those relationships. That's sort of what my, my ideal Um, so the solo polyamory isn't about, you know, isolation or anything like that. I mean, it definitely looked like that in the pandemic, but, but my ideal really is about community and about Mm. connection and Mm -hmm. sharing resources and sharing childcare, you know, support and growing food together. That is sort of my, my vision for what it can be. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so I'm curious if you think or believe that um, 
like polyamory or non-monogamy is um, a part of who you are, like like an identity or an orientation or a choice. What are, what are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. Um, I've I've thought of this a lot. It, mm-hmm. When I when I began loving in that way, it felt very much like coming home. It felt very much like oh, this is this has always felt normal to me. And, you know, ever since I was in sixth grade, I didn't want to get married. And I, again, like I said, I tried to fit into that box. I tried to do the normative thing. And I had, I was sort of, I was like attracted to my friends and, you know, like I was always very fluid in how I loved. And so it felt very much like permission to just love the way I want to love and be in relationship you know, in spiritual partnerships with all sorts of people, regardless of the activities that we do together. You know, some of the most powerful healing relationships I've had have been with people that I have not had sex with. Um, so it felt very much like coming home. It felt very much like, oh, this is this is the way I've always been. And so, you know, yeah, a lot of people choose non-monogamy for lots of different reasons. You know, from from my experience with clients, you know, they choose because like, ooh, they want to add some spice into my life, you know. But there has to be a willingness and an openness. And so yeah. there's a part of me that believes that, you know, maybe it isn't a choice. Maybe it just seems like a natural progression or a natural kind of uh, curiosity and openness to experiencing for me, it very it feels very much part of my identity as yeah. as like this is how I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same. And I remember there was a point in time where I definitely thought like like when I when I when I got divorced, I was like I, I'm just not going to be monogamous again. I don't want to do that again. But I didn't know anybody. I had no exposure. I didn't know anybody else who was non-monogamous in any form other than cheating. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, well, I'm just, I'm going to be a slut and like do what I want. And I'll just be honest about it. Cause that seems like the right thing to do. And then I learned more. <laughs> and, um, but it, it really, it felt like, oh, this is, this is actually just feels right for me. Yes. Like, yes. It just feels right. <laughs> yeah. That rightness. There's nothing like that feeling of just like a settledness in your body of just like a congruence, right? With your yeah. with your values, like a, just this feeling of alignment. Yeah. 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 Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I um along uh, on that same thing is when I started on this path, I yeah. thought that it was just for sex and I did not think I was polyamorous. And it oh, was like okay. a couple of years, several years. And I was like, well, I'm not going to love more than one person. Not like, not like that. Right. Like I'm not going to fall in love <laughs> multiple t- with multiple people at the same time. That's just not real. I was like, I know other people do it. It can be real for other people. And then it happened. And I was like, oh, mm. there it is. I see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's really interesting that you bring that up because one thing that has been very important to me in my own process of healing my intimacy wounds has been to not separate love from sex. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I was ever, you know, really like, oh, I'm just going to have sex and not love you or just love you and not. Se-. It's been something that I've always wanted to have, like, sort of united and together. Yeah. And so 
I've had lots of opportunities to just have sex, but it's not been something I'm like, no, because that's not what I'm really, mm-hmm. I, I feel like very much my path is to have spiritual partnerships that are sexual, like mm-hmm. to have all of it and to have all of that with multiple people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that's so really I, good. That was a sort of a boundary that I had with myself because there were certainly times where I'm just like, oh yeah, this is just going to be a sex story. And then I was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> this could be, but. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you get jealous? You know what? I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm one of those people that doesn't feel that very often. I can, I can remember very distinct times that I felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my, my ex-husband used to kind of try to make me, make me jealous, but it would yeah. just kind of turn me on when he would talk <laughs> about other people being attracted to him. I was, I'd be like, Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I really get like when a, when a partner has another partner and they tell me something about their other partner, I feel more turn on than a sense of loss or rejection. Yeah. I, I kind of, my interest gets peaked actually. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of those like polysexual people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating for me. Um, Cause I have had that, ex- I have that experience more now. Um, and I've found that like the more secure my relationship is and the more I feel like safe and comfortable, the more I can feel like compersion and be excited yes. for them. But kind of my natural inclination is to get jealous. Like, like, all of those wounds get activated. And so that's yeah. been like my biggest challenge. And so yeah. I talk about it a lot because people have this idea that like, if you're not monogamous, you're not a jealous person or you're not going to experience yes. jealousy or yeah, like, no. no, that's not real. No, let's see for me. I mean, I, even though I don't experience it often, I encounter it with, you know, with my clients and it's like, it really is an opportunity to just, you know, it is like the exploration of desire. Cause it's yeah. just like, right. It's like, comes from a place of like wanting and, you know, and for me, my process, I remember one time when one of my, one of my FWBs like left a voice message for me and he was in bed with a partner. And so his partner chimed into the voice message. And my first reaction was like, (gasps) like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. And my Mm. system got a little jacked and I was like, Oh God, I, I would have liked a warning. And then I was like, oh, that's really nice that he introduced me. Like he wanted me to know her. Okay, that's cool. And it it took like, I don't know, like a half hour, 45 minutes of just like, oh, oh, I really like that actually, you know? But that first reaction was just like a big pullback of really like, oh, you know, punch in the gut. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that like, as you're describing it, I can feel it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, okay, let me process through this, figure out what's going on here. Yeah. It clearly was not meant to harm me. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's things, you know, there's certain things that like still that are just, I don't know if, if I'm ever going to like resolve them. They're just like activations for me. Like when, when people don't respect my time Mm. when I 
when I feel like, okay, I'm waiting for you to get back to me about when we can meet up and I'm waiting for you to get back to me because I need to tell so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so so I can coordinate with all of my people and they're not getting back to me. I'm like, or I'm, I'm flipping out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like my time is very precious to me. I have my kids part-time. And so that, that 50% of alone time, I'm just kind of like, I want to maximize my fun. I want to maximize my, my peace and my joy. And I was like, you are getting in the way of that right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Totally understandable. <laughs> um, what would you say, what would you say makes a relationship successful? <clears throat> I think very simply um, at, at the, at the core level, um, a willingness to, to be fuck honest mm-hmm. um, and to take full responsibility for what's happening within, yeah. you know, that, that willingness to show up in the work, the radical responsibility and the, and that truth, that honesty, I think, I'm sure there's many more things, but those three things for me are, are fundamental. Yeah. 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 Like I've experienced, um, you know, ruptures where, you know, when each person comes in and says, yeah, I pushed you away and I feel really sorry about that. And you can feel that they're sorry that, that those repair processes have been incredible. They're, they've healed something for me because it's like, yeah, I fucked up and it doesn't come from a place of guilt or like, but just like, Hey, here it is. I, I messed up. And you know, um, th- this is why I did what I did. And I, you know, I regret having done that. And I know that I hurt you. And I was like, Oh, wow. That, that's, that's huge. You know, yeah. and the willingness to show up in that way in those in relationships is incredible. I think. Mm. Yeah. 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 What about yeah, for you? people are people are gonna mess up? Like we're just yeah. human, right? We're gonna yeah. do things. Um, yeah. So that is that is really. I I completely agree. I I always think of um, when people start feeling like less intimacy, less connection. It's because they aren't getting vulnerable with each other, and yes. a lot of times they aren't getting vulnerable with each other because of the hurts that have happened. Yes. Because they're or they're feeling guilty or they're feeling ashamed. Right. Yes. And, yes. and so when you can overcome that and just talk about all the things, like it's not going to, it's not going to get worse. You're already disconnected. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we get afraid of that rejection or abandonment or that somebody's yeah. not going to meet us in that place. Right. And sometimes that happens. Right. But yeah. that, that again, goes back to the willingness, the willingness to listen and to be present and to right to, to be vulnerable. It, it just all comes back to that. Like the willingness to, to work together. Like mm. I want to, I want to know you, I want to support you. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. I, I, okay. <laughs> Here's a question I have. Um, what is something that anybody can do for free that will help them approach relationships in a healthier way? Oh gosh. (laughs) People do for free to help Mm -hmm. them in relationships. 
so many things and yet nothing specific is coming to mind. Um, cultivate presence with themselves. Absolutely. Mm. I would say um, just develop awareness to what's happening inside attuning to sensations and experiences without labeling them, without intellectualizing them, without digging in to find why, mm -hmm. but just having a relationship of just neutral observation of what is happening in your body and just kind of hanging out with those things. <laughs> Yeah. Hanging out with what's happening. Okay, I'm noticing, woof, yep, I'm noticing myself getting really fired up. My hands are tingling. Okay, we're just going to take a breath and be here. Whew, okay, you know, that kind of, yeah, that kind of process, you know, that that's sort of what my day looks like of just, oh, okay, I'm just noticing this and I'm going to be with that. And I'm, oh, I'm noticing this thought or this sensation or this part's getting activated again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. There's so, uh, most people I feel like that I run into, it's, it's very cultural are very disconnected from their bodies and just think, 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 and have no idea what's happening. And when you say to them, like, what's happening in your body? They're like, I, I don't know. I got gas. Like, I don't <laughs> right. know. What do you they mean? They go immediately to the physical, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless they've had some experience maybe with yoga or with other modalities that are, that are about cultivating a connection. But yeah, most people are just named the physical and it's like, no, there's, there's levels of awareness, right? There yeah. is the physical, but there is also the emotional, there is the intuitive, there is the energetic, you know? Mm. And in my training, I was so lucky to train with someone who does, who was, who had a background in, in Tantra and in Lightwork, Barbara Brennan Lightwork. Okay. Yeah. And so it was really about like, the way we, when we connect with somebody, when we meet someone, just like I'm meeting with you, like what part of us is going out energetically to the other person, right? Because we have like little energy tentacles that like, yeah. oh, I want, I want. And sometimes if we are sensitive ourselves, we can feel that. We can feel people kind of reaching out for us or holding on or trying to merge with us or push us away. You know, we're, people aren't stupid. We can feel that energy, but we don't learn to experience the world energetically. Yeah. Right. But there's so much happening on the energy level that we don't see, but we feel and we react to, you know? Yeah. 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 So helping people become aware of that level is like what I love to do. That mm. is like my, my zone of, of just pleasure. <laughs> I love that. I love hearing you yeah. talk about it because it's, it's yeah. clear that you are passionate about it. <laughs> I, I wonder how much of that, um, you know, when we talk about people having chemistry. Yes. Right. Exactly. Like we know there's like pheromones involved and there's right. physiological there's things, yeah. but like what's happening energetically. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Can I tell you about an experience I had yes. recently that is very much in line with that? <laughs> like I, I went to Mexico recently to a conference that was uh, connected to the school I went to for my somatic training. And we, it was happened every two years. We didn't get to go in COVID. So this was the first year we were able to meet in three or four years. And I went down there with like, oh my gosh, if I, if I'm going to have, I'm going to meet somebody and have sex. Like, I'm just feeling kind of like, I just want to have an adventure and it's going to be amazing. And then I ended up going to a workshop where 
it was about erotic energy, like feeling the erotic energy and moving it through your body. And I got paired up with, with, um, someone in the community and my energy, like as soon as he and I came together, it was like, pop, I wasn't attracted to him, but there was an energetic like agreement of like, oh yeah, we were about to go off. (laughs) And it was this kind of like, but we were both in our yes energy and I was like shaking and moving. And I was just like, oh my God, I could do this all fucking day. This is amazing. And my sexual energy was just flying. It was open. It was like very free. And, um, and after and we were there for like 45 minutes and connecting and, you know, having fun, no, no touch involved, just witnessing each other. Uh-huh. And when I was done, I said to my friend, oh my God, that was the best sex I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I came for. Mm. There was, there was no physical touch. Like I said, it was just energy sex. And it was like, it was just feeling myself but having that part of me witnessed that was yes. like so potent for me. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I do. I talk about that. I'm like, look, like people, you know, especially, uh, you know, when we fall in love and we're like, oh my God, this person makes me feel so good. I feel so amazing around them. And I'm like, but that's you. Yes, you're exactly. doing that. They aren't doing that. They're just putting up a mirror and showing you what's awesome about you. Yes. And making you believe it because yes. it's like so clear. Yeah, I, I experienced that with with NRE. Yes, it, the first time, like the, my first date with somebody, I was just like, "Wow!" The energy coursing through my body. I was like shaking. I was like having laughter orgasms. It was just like I was popping off, and I, I, you know, I was like, "Oh my god, this person!" And my friends were like, "No." No, that's you. Yeah, yeah, that's you. <laughs> they were very clear. Like my little, my little codependent was like, "Ooh, that person." And they were all like, "No, it's you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's all in you." And I and I realized, yeah, it's true. Like this is this is my energy. This yeah. is my eros. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. I just like that's kind of. I think that's one of my biggest wishes for the world for everybody to know that like all of that good stuff is yeah, it's being generated that- internally. That is your juice. Yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> um, mm. Is there anything that you would like to share with the people listening that I haven't asked you? I don't know that there's something I feel like is coming up for me around, you know, I entered, I entered non-monogamy slash polyamory in my, in my forties in my mid forties and up. Mm. And, um, so there's a, there's something about that, that feels significant. I don't really know what to say about it, but meeting other people who, you know, were also divorced, um, or who also had children and who Mm -hmm. were on this path and who were very much into exploration and play. There's something just really unique about meeting people that age versus in your thirties. Like if I think of myself in my thirties, I was like, you know, a fun person to be around, but I just don't, didn't have the, the wisdom and the insight and the, and the groundedness in myself, my connection to myself that I have now. And so that feels really special. Um, and, you know, beyond, beyond 50, I don't know what that looks like. Cause I haven't gotten there yet, but 
but yeah, I'm curious about that. And I'm, I'm curious to hear what you've heard or experienced through your clients or through your own experience about like polyamory and different age sets or different decades of your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating actually. So I was, I was 35 and was like, well, what I'm doing isn't working. So moving on. Um, <laughs> and it's fascinating, like generationally, Yeah, I'm, I'm watching all of these people, you know, like in their twenties who are just so much one, just bitter about the, the system that's been placed before them. Yes. Like, what do you mean? That's what we have to do. We don't fucking want to do that. Yes. Why? <laughs> and I'm just, I'm so joyful for them to, yeah. to know that there are other options because we didn't. Yeah. Like, this is just what totally. you do, right? We didn't know you find the one and you get married and you go and you do whatever they want to do. And, <laughs> but so, so people are, there's whole generations of people now who are going, look, I can, I love people and I'm going to love them in a way that suits me and everyone I'm in a relationship with. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I adore that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I think that's so fantastic. <laughs> yes. No, I really, I, yeah. Even with my own kids who are, you know, younger than yours, I, I'm, you know, I wonder how your kids are, how they're, they're entering the world of relationships right now, you know, like, Ooh, that's fascinating. Right. That's a whole podcast episode right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wonder how my children, I, I sometimes do wonder like, how will they be entering the world? Having me as a model, um, even though I don't, you know, introduce them to people, but just knowing that's who I am, they know that I'm queer. Um, they, they're very sort of open themselves. And I'm just like, wow, this is going to be, I'm just going to sit back and just be fascinated by how they, how they go ahead and do this, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I really love um, the direction that we're going in and the permission that we're giving ourselves to just, just disrupt the, the, the things that we've been, that we've sort of been presented as assumptions as like, okay, well, this is the next step. This is your template. Yeah. And this is what you're supposed to do and you're supposed to like it and enjoy it. And it's supposed to fulfill you. And yeah, no, <laughs> mm -hmm. gosh, why are you all so depressed? You're, yeah. you're married and you're in a monogamous relationship and that's everything you're supposed to want. I, yeah, I had, every, I had everything. <laughs> I had everything. And I, yeah, yeah, I said no to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. I think, yeah, just choices, right? Like people haven't knowing that there are choices and they get to make choices. Yes, yes. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be married. Like there, I've seen tons of people who do it really beautifully. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I, I actually was, I was at a play party a couple of weekends ago and I met this couple who were so into each other and they had known each other for, I think, 25 years. And I was like, I was just like in such delight being around them because of how into each other they were. And I was just like, fuck, yes, that is like, ah, oh, so gorgeous. So it's like, there isn't any judgment in me about like, oh, this is, I prefer this or no, this, yeah. no, it's like, you get to have the relationship you want. And that feels aligned for you. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It's just the conscious choice, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Know what your options are and then choose what works for you. Yeah. Choice is liberation. Mm, <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> okay. I have one more. I have a segment that I um, only give to the supporters of the show. 
It's called Just the Tip. And it is what is your <laughs> what is your best or favorite sex tip? Thank you so much. Yeah, this was a real pleasure. I, I had so much fun laughing and, and chatting with you. Yes, yes. I'm yes. so glad you came on. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about your work. What do you do? Yeah, well, I have two branches of my business. They're both intimacy related. Um, the first branch is working with couples, individuals and couples who mm -hmm. are wanting to create spiritual partnerships that are deeply connected and, and like just rooted in the body. And so I'm, I'm in the process of branching out into in-person events that I'm going to be offering in the new year. So I'm really excited about mm -hmm. that. And all like around energy like really looking at like how we, how we interact with each other energetically. But I do have like packages, like six month packages where I see people and, and couples and things like that. So that I love it. Yeah. And then my, the other branch of my business is working with people, with entrepreneurs in like basically embodied leadership of their business and creating businesses that, that are attuned to their nervous systems um, that are attuned to their maybe neurodiversity, mm -hmm. to their neurodiverse needs, and maybe their trauma. Like I, I am a traumatized human running a business. I need a lot of time to do emotional processing. I need my morning routine to center myself and ground myself. Like I just need a lot of space. And so my business has to create that space for me. So really creating bespoke businesses and doing it in a way that like, yeah, like what works for you? What delights you? What gives you maximum pleasure? Mm. So doing that work is really exciting right now. And I have a Facebook group that I just opened. I'm going to be doing trainings there. So yeah. So really loving, loving all of the work that I do right now. And I have a podcast too, Devotional Anarchy. I'd love to invite you Ooh. on to that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of what I do right now. Awesome. I love it. That's so good. Um, I'm going to put the links to all your stuff in the show notes so people can find you. Thank you. I and then I'm going to go that. check out your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you so much to Isha Vela for coming on the show today. This was just a really wonderful conversation. And if you would like to learn more about their work, um, or follow them in any of the places that we follow people, uh, check out the show notes for the details. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me personally and would help us keep this little podcast going if you would subscribe, leave a review, or share this episode with your friends. For more personalized support with your own relationships, we can work together on a one-to-one -one basis. Just visit my website at aliciapain.com and schedule a free call to chat about life, the universe, and your relationships. Bye.